Hey everybody, welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, have you ever worked in a kitchen? I have. Many, many years. Yeah? Oh yes. How I was that? I lots of experience. Yeah. It was good. I mean, it got my way through college, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm well versed. Well, okay, this was 25 years ago, but I'm right, well versed right. in the kitchen. Right. Now, yeah. I, I did not. I never oh, did the everybody whole- Everybody should like, work. I did retail, but I didn't do anything food related. Okay. Well, that's fair. Everybody needs to work in hospitality or retail. At least I, I agree. Yes, I yeah. agree. I think that's yeah, yeah. an important foundation. But, but I do love the cook. You know, yes. We've established that. I, you know, I, I enjoy cooking, but now that's just for like a family of three. I'm gonna be honest. My cooking is mostly for two because my my son still yeah. is at that point where he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want anything no. that we cook like, no, yeah. unless it's like hamburgers or pork chops. He's right. okay with that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's mostly just for me and my wife. So right. now, so that's nothing like a real kitchen. I'm sure you know that's nothing oh, like no. the, yes. the high stakes, high stress, yes. lots of movement, lots yes. of stuff going on. Yes. Heat and just <laughs> manic energy, stuff spilling. Yes. It is very much a team environment. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, the reason why I bring it up is because yep. we're talking a little bit about the kitchen today. We're ah. talking about the, the uh, you know, the place the technology has in the kitchen. Yes. What kinds of technology. In particular, we're going to be talking about thermal printing Got in it. the kitchen. Because mm-hmm. there's a little debate over whether that's sure. viable back of the house Absolutely. in the kitchen environment. Yep. We've got John Maielli with us today from Star Micronics. Yep. He's going to help us kind of talk a little bit about the state of the industry of, mm. uh, you know, kitchens and restaurants and hospitality, what's going mm-hmm, on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about printers in the kitchen, what their function is and their purpose. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into the whole thermal versus impact debate. Oh, dun, you know, dun, dun. Hint, we're leaning, if you didn't notice from the title of this episode, we're leaning thermal. Ah. We're going to explain why. So we get to vote at the end. There's the pla- uh, no, there's, there's no vote. Okay, this there's is, no vote. This either. isn't a democracy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> It's a dictatorship. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to get a little myth busting. He's going to help oh. us you know, explain you know, some of the objections like and the it. pain points that people say, like, no, here's why you can't possibly do this. Right. He'll help us overcome some of that stuff. And then obviously give some tips to our VARs about how they can go out to their customers and maybe move them on to thermal printing from, I'm in. from where they are now. This is awesome. There yeah, you go. All right. Good. Hey, I'm glad you're in because you're going to do this with me. <laughs> you can't just wander off. Yeah, no wandering. All that plus our <laughs> usual value to the VAR and what's tech connecting with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, our guest today is John Mayelli. He is a channel partner executive for Star Micronics. And more importantly, he knows a thing or two about this whole kitchen environment. He's got some background there, just like you. So, Uh John, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your day-to-day life at Star, and again, your background in the kitchen to kind of lend some credibility to this conversation. Yeah, thank you, John and Dean. Um, You know, right now with Star Micronics, I focus uh, with our distribution partners, um, but I've only been with Star about a year and spent half my life in kitchens, uh, ranging from bakeries, uh, fine dining, country clubs, uh, large hotels and resorts. Um, so I'm really excited for this conversation uh, with you guys today. Man, he's got a little bit more experience than I do. <laughs> I worked in a pizzeria for like six, seven right, years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were just back there just tossing some I dough was, around. I was, but and... I was around when this uh, started, you know, because yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw going from a ticket. Like a right, literally right. writing like an out. Actual oh, you want a large yeah. pepperoni and yeah, onion? Is right. writing that out? To, I don't know why, why I needed the Italian the rest Italian accent there, but to uh, to uh, full rec- like printers in the background. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you so, just like the whole time you worked there? Oh, you just walk yes. around with it was the, the roses. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Uh, 
Well, John, let's let's bring this back to a serious note here for a moment. Uh, let's talk about the state of the industry. Like, you know, what what are we looking at in kitchens right now and retail or, you know, in restaurant and hospitality? Like what what is that world like for them? Especially I imagine mm-hmm. in this, you know, as things have changed over the last few years yep. and, and we've ramped up all these operations with, you know, uh, pickup and yep. delivery yep. and ghost kitchens and all this stuff. So yep. help us understand what's happening in kitchens right now. Well, restaurants are busy. You know, the National Restaurant Association, they're projecting, I think, around $900 billion this year. Um, and the industry is navigating its way through the worst pandemic in generations. Restaurant operators, they're facing ever-changing conditions, challenging their business. We're still seeing, you know, some limited seating capacity, but not due to regulations anymore, due to labor. Um, you know, the pandemic, it reshaped operations, workforce, menus, technology, um, food and labor um, and occupancy costs are rising. You know, how high are they going to rise? When are they going to level off? You know, operators are experiencing supply delays or shortages, you know, just like we are um, in our industry. Uh, and that's most likely going to continue. And, you know, the professionals who I'm, who I'm in touch with still, they're talking recruitment, retention and training as their, you know, largest issues right now that they're facing. Absolutely. I mean, it, right. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of all of us are in that same right, bucket, right, uh, right. if you will, as it relates to that. But let's kind of get on the on the busy front. You know, I think that we are we've experienced some unique things that have happened in the restaurant kitchen area, especially since the pandemic. When you get into kitchens and and John, I don't know if you I don't know that this probably ever happened. Maybe it did when you were in the hospitality industry. But the idea of ghost kitchens or like mm-hmm. having having a, a kitchen that is multifaceted, you right. know, not just operating as a part of whatever the front of house right, might right. be, but they're also doing other orders that are being picked up and things of this nature. I mean, just think about how revolutionary that is. Yeah, I mean, I can yeah. I can think back to when I was in a kitchen. That would have been like, you know, we're developing, we're making pizzas all day long, and now all of a sudden I got an order for a burger or something <laughs> like that. It's like, what, what? Yeah, right, actually, right. I do have a grill. I guess I could make that right. uh, type of thing. So, you know, they're busy. You know, operators are being asked to do unique things, and that's kind of manifesting itself in, in some of the technology that's in the back of the house. Uh, in the way that these commercial kitchens are even being built, you know, yeah, what they're being yeah. utilized for. Um, so, you know, there's a lot more focus being coming on. I mean, they're, they're getting to be smaller spaces. Uh, you know, when you think about a trend right where you are, John, since labor is so hard to get, a lot of these uh, restaurants now are going, are like completely getting rid of dining. You know, they don't have the staff to, de- right, to right. deal with people coming in and wanting to sit down. So it's all going either drive through or delivery or pickup. Right. Yep. And so that has a different impact on on things. And now the kitchens are getting a little bit smaller, need to be a little bit more efficient, things of that nature. So, you know, a lot of stuff, in yeah. my estimation, is happening yeah. in hospitality. Well, and I would think like the speed factor, too, has to be a big <coughs> oh, part yeah, of it. Oh, you know, yeah. Really everything's good point. fast, fast, fast. Let's get it out 100%. and get it moving, get it out there quickly. Yep. You know, we just had Luke Wilwarding on a couple weeks ago talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the self-service. And he mentioned this idea that, like, people weren't getting any less patient, you know, or any more patient, <laughs> rather. You know, like, patience is at an all-time, you know, low. Yep. People People want everything as quickly as possible. And again, in these kitchen environments where they were already, you know, from my understanding, you know, very high, you know, fast paced, mm-hmm. you know, high intensity, you know, get stuff in and out, you know, as quickly as possible. You know, that no one wants to they don't want you don't want a customer to be sitting and waiting for any longer than they have to for food. 
And then on top of that, you maybe potentially are also saying, oh, and by the way, there's going to be like six or seven delivery drivers coming through every hour, yep. picking up stuff that we need to have yep. ready to go and, yep. and, and on its way as soon as possible, too. Like, man, the pressures that has to be just kind of through the roof oh, right absolutely. Now. John, give us a little bit of your insight. You spent a lot of time there. I mean, let's just kind of get into the mind, if you will, of the kitchen worker. I can remember being as highly efficient as I possibly could. That was part of the game, right, uh, when you think about a modern kitchen. Yeah, it's all about efficiency, you know, and it, it, it always has been, but even more so as we, as we struggle with labor, you know, you, what can I do with less, right? And, and still keeping that that product high quality and consistent. Um, you know, I, I know you mentioned, you know, nobody wanting to wait for food and, you know, as, as cooks and chefs, you know, we also see it from the end user point of view as well. And, you know, nobody wants to wait a long time for food. And that's, you know, one of the biggest motivating factors, you know, to push that food out even quicker. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Well, okay, so then let's talk technology because obviously mm -hmm. whenever we talk about labor issues or efficiency, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or productivity, we talk about how technology can help enable that. Yep. And in the kitchen in particular, let's let's talk about the printer, the printer side of things here. So first, let's just get very basic here for anybody who doesn't, you know, necessarily work in this environment mm -hmm. or know much about mm -hmm. what happens mm -hmm. back of house. You know, where do printers fit in? What's going on with them in the back of the house? What are the, the, the staff back there using printers for right now? So we, you know, we use printers for everything, um, everything from from coursing out meals to you know knowing what a customer ordered, uh, you know what modifiers um, they may want. Um, you know, you see it uh, in use from the bar side as well. Um, they're just easy, straightforward. You could walk into any restaurant and pick it up. I mean, you learn the flow of the kitchen. Um, you don't need to learn a software per se. Um, you know, the the ticket comes out and and you make what's on it. So it sounds like, again, the whole efficiency and productivity side of it is the yeah. a, key, a critical factor there of what you're going to need to have when you have a printer in the kitchen. But I think that what's important, at least what I witnessed, you know, kind of going through some iterations and what I witnessed when I go and see commercial Did you start now, off with like a dot matrix printer or something? You know, like, worse than that. Again, and I'll, and I'll spare you the Italian uh, accent this time Thanks. around. But no, seriously, we had the tickets, right? And right. so there were different stations, and but the ticket had the uh, duplication on it. So, right, you know, right. even though... Uh, the person taking the order had the original on the top. You know, there were two or three duplicates right. on it. And those would go to the various stations, right, if we had a pasta station or something like that. So, you know, obviously the, in the print environment, when you think about print environment in a, in a kitchen today, what it has enabled is the ability to put these printers in different stations. Right. Uh, even right there even them, food yeah. expeditors. I think where John was going there, like right. If you're on the if you're the grill, you're just getting out what's what's coming on the grill. If you're in the pasta station, you're getting what's going on there. And so you can be very deliberate about who's getting what order and right. when type of a thing. Uh, even such things as messaging on there about when to when to drop your stuff. For example, if you're whatever station you're on doesn't take quite as long uh, as some other things that are being prepared, then you need to wait a little bit or so, stuff like that. So right. it can get fairly sophisticated on actually what is printed on it. Uh, but but anyway, uh, kind of going back to the placement of it, I saw that as being a real advantage. You know, now, instead of having to walk people all the way up to the front of the house, grab tickets off of the spindle right, or whatever, right. the slide they're, actually, lines, they're printing know, yeah. off right where I am. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It's happening, yeah. you know, really fast. That's so, awesome. All right. Yeah. That's that makes sense. where you're starting to see, I, I think, uh, some of the difference there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I like this little, you know, like insight in the back of the house. You know, you see everything from the front. <laughs> we talk so much about, I think, point of sale and, you no, know. No, because I used to be that runner. There, I used to, you know, if you're a junior <laughs> staff in right. the back, you're the, you're the goat. You're, you're the, the guy grunt, who's, yeah. you're <laughs> the grunt. Yeah. Thank you. You're the guy who's running around getting all <laughs> the tickets and yep. bringing them back yep. to the head chefs and stuff like that. That's not where you want to be. <laughs> 
not at all. And you're and plus you could have been used to something better effect too. Like much that's, that's better. a waste of your your much time better. and efficiency yeah. there. Yeah, like cleaning pans or yeah, something. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, John, let's get into the big debate here then, which is the idea of uh, you know impact versus thermal printing. So first of all, help us explain the key differences between those two types of printing, and and make the use case for us for thermal over over impact in the kitchen and like the unique like the unique capabilities that it brings to the back of the house. Yeah, well, I think one thing that we've done well as an industry um, is to simplify complex technology like dot matrix printing, um, you know, and, and delivering that to the restaurant and hospitality market with a simple term kitchen printer, right? Everywhere you look, impact printers are being sold as kitchen printers. Um, impact printers or dot matrix printers, they have a series of pins that form the shape of the characters. These pins strike against the ribbon and transfer the ink onto a single or multi-layered paper. So in contrast, a thermal printer produces a printed image by selectively heating thermal paper um, as the paper passes by the thermal printhead. And the paper's heat sensitive, so the coating turns black in areas where it's heated, thus producing the required image. You know, clear, fast printing, um, also with the ability to print barcodes and QR codes. So I support a hybrid system uh, consisting of printers and kitchen display systems. Um, I don't believe that a KDS replaces a printer. In my experience, the most successful small and medium-sized businesses, you know, used both together. Um, we, I often printed from a KDS, you know, for allergy updates, seat changes, larger parties were easier to kind of handle on paper. Um, or something interesting that caught my eye that I wanted to check back on later. And, you know, I had that paper, remi that reminder in my hand or, uh, you know, it's mobile. I could walk it down to to a cook that I wanted to, you know, clarify, hey, this is a really serious, you know, gluten allergy, you know, make sure it's fresh pan, fresh spatula, right? And, um, you know, also the the printers were there as a, as a source of quick paper, you know, so not in service, but in production. If I was working on a new plate and I thought it would go well with a certain ice cream, let's say, that I already had a formula for, but I didn't want to make six gallons, you know, to taste the one plate. So I would be able to modify the recipe by hand and have a little, you know, go and hit the feed button, print out a little bit of paper and, uh, you know, make my modifications so that I could make a smaller batch. Really interesting on the angle of the KDS. So that's mm -hmm. that's a little bit before my world, uh, but <laughs> but I understand it totally how that maybe has kind of uh, come into and taken some of the, the print need uh, away. But your point is valid because, again, I was putting myself back in my situation. You, you always needed something printed to put on the box or the bag, you know, obviously in a pizzeria that you're doing a lot of right, that. Right. Uh, but even an expediter or whatever in a restaurant, you know, some plates look the same. No, this one's supposed to go to this table and there might be some modification to it or something like that. Uh, so there's definitely a need for for that type of print technology yeah. back there. Yeah, uh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I know I was reading on uh, one of Star Chronic's blogs about thermal <laughs> printers and your versus impact mm, in the kitchen, like mm -hmm. really kind of breaking down the differences. And a couple of things that, uh, that I pointed out, key benefits, the speed for one thing that's much faster, obviously, to print on thermal. Uh, the lack of ribbons, which is means one less thing that you know you have yep. to change out, yep. one less thing that can break, one less thing that gets gummed uh, up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. again, you know, we talked about earlier the 
the kitchen environment, you know, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's hot, it's sticky back there, yep. you know, like lots of grease flying around. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and I know, you know, and, and, and you'll probably speak to this a little bit more later, John, that, <clears> you know, star makes printers that, you know, in particular are designed to be, to handle that kind of environment in the kitchen where the, mm -hmm. the heat and the mess is not as much of a concern. And then also the less noise factor, which wasn't one that I really thought was like, okay, but in the kitchen, do you care if, about the noise? But I, I understand, you know, when, I mean, again, if you're in a fine dining establishment somewhere that, you know, you want minimal amounts of noise or you need to be able to, to hear other things that are going on, you don't want to have the constant, you know, whirring and, you know, purring, mm -hmm. I guess, of mm -hmm. the of the printer. So maybe speak to some of that too, John, like, you know, um, you know, how, like, you know, when, when you're talking to someone about these environments and they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, saying, Hey, it's, it's a hot, crazy, you know, kitchen environment back here. How does, you know, how does that, those factors as part of thermal really kind of help step them away from, from what they're using with impact? Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's one of the, one of the myths that I hear all the time, you've right. Temperature. So we know that that thermal paper is affected by temperature, but modern kitchens are climate controlled, right? And so, yeah, the, the grill station may be really hot, but so is a grill when you're outside barbecuing, you're standing over it, right? It's, there's intense heat right there. But, you know, here in Miami, I'm, I'm in Miami, Florida. If I forget a receipt in my car, you know, in a hundred degree day, when I go in the next day or two days later, there, it hasn't been affected. So, you know, we're seeing temperature in extreme cases, maybe a, a pizza place where they're putting the ticket on top of the box on top of the pizza oven, you know, we may see um, some changes there, but, you know, in, in a, again, in a modern kitchen, or if you can kind of move your printer away from the heat lamp as you're, you know, modifying your, your kitchen to accommodate this, you know, you're not going to see any issues with, with temperature there. As far as sound goes, sound is one of the biggest reasons why people support uh, impact printing in the kitchen. And for me, the the printer the tickets that's the heart of the restaurant so if you need sound to tell you to go check the ticket machine you're probably not serving that much food and you know might not have the best future there you know one area where i do think sound plays a part is like you know in, in country clubs that are you know private membership and so they may not do that many orders for lunch and you may have a private banquet going on and there you know we have uh we have sound devices for our thermal printers as well. So, you know, it's just kind of a myth with thermal that there's no sound. Um, you know, multiple colors is another one. People like to have the, the red and the black to, to identify what modifiers there are. Um, but that can be done with thermal printing as well through inverse printing or uh, bold font. Um, and, um, you know, when you think about third-party delivery and these other things that we spoke about um, that are really impacting the industry right now, all of the third-party delivery companies, they're all integrated with thermal. Um, we're seeing linerless labels being used. And again, this is thermal printing technology there as well. I'm going to give you a use case. The bar, right? No. Like if you have a bar, the last thing you want is think <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> a RC kind of coming out. It's so Somebody's trying to have a private conversation. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Printer and this thing's like going, going mad yeah, with yeah. all the... Right, right. I've seen those. And it was much better when it's quieter. Right. And thermal right. is just whisper. Whis this whisper. just this feels yeah. like one of those things that's a very like old school <clears throat> attitude. Like, look, I like the the gentle whirring of the printer. <laughs> I like knowing that it's there. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the sounds you just get accustomed to. Right. 
I guess it like it'd be the equivalent of somebody like saying like, well, I don't want to go to an electric vehicle because uh-huh. I like hearing the engine noise. That's you know, right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I guess you well, know, like, like I get it, but at the same time, it's it's not really necessary. I, I even lived through the first iteration of those dot matrix impact printers because you know we had when they first came out, they, there were two receipts, if you will, on the spool. Right. So you know it was printing the one and it was in you know whatever creating the duplicate behind it. But in today's world, you know, you don't, you, that even that's mitigated because right, right. You, you can put the printers around and, and things of that nature. And, and obviously if you get into the whole wireless capabilities as well, yep. um, you know, now all you really need is a plug and you can move these things around. Right. As I talked about in kind of the beginning, you, a lot of these kitchens are being asked to be more modular and flexible in nature. You know, what today might be a pasta sta- station, tomorrow might be something different. Right. So it just, it needs to have the flexibility. And so, you know, the print technology that, that is enabling that uh, is back a house yeah. is, is going to be these types of yep, things. Definitely. You know? So anyway. Yeah. Well, John, talk to us a little bit maybe about the component part of it too, because I, I understand that's a big difference also is thermal printers just don't have quite as many moving parts, as many components that have to be changed out. I mentioned that, you know, the ribbon is mm-hmm. not an issue necessarily there. So I have to think too, like if you're in the kitchen and your printer suddenly runs out of paper or, you know, the ink runs out, runs dry, or printer snap, or ribbon snaps, or something mm-hmm. like something happens. That's just that much more of a headache to have to change stuff out. But on thermal, it, that gets a lot easier, right? Yeah, and so the you know the thermal heads last longer than the ink ribbons, right? And so you're going to make it through a service without having to replace a thermal head. You're going to make it through many many services without having to replace a thermal head. Um, and anytime you know there's moving parts, there's more chances for breaking. And so you know we deal with you know people using. Um, ribbons that aren't recommended for our printers and it breaks off into the spindle, um, you know, and then there's some work that has to be done there. But what Star has really done with our M collection is made a perfect alternative printing solution for the kitchens, right? And again, it's not taking the place of a dot matrix impact printer, but what it's doing is it's offering a perfectly viable alternative. And they've removed the, they've replaced the electric components from the bottom to the top. So it's a little bit more spill proof and splash resistant. Um, they've insulated the bottom with foam uh, to seal it. Um, and the paper comes out from the front instead of the top. So again, you have some splash resistance there. Um, so a lot of a lot of thought um, and technology went into making this alternative kitchen solution. There you go. Yeah, yep. definitely. Make you it know, even easier. Exactly. When I was reading, I think it was on that same article, and I'll put a, the link to this in the show notes, you know, it was, it was kind of talking about the MC Print 3 in particular mm-hmm. and noted some of the special features and the wireless connectivity was a big part of it, which yep. again, you can put that printer wherever you want. Yep. You just got to be able to plug it in somewhere. Mm-hmm. The splash proof aspect, insect proof, which you don't want to think about insects in the kitchen, <laughs> but it's not like they don't they don't happen. So, and again, you don't want to, you know, bug crawling up into your printer right? and jamming it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the other one too, which was one of these things that like I didn't think about until I thought about it and was like, well, duh, which was print flat. This idea of like, you know, you print something out and the receipt actually comes out and stays flat. flat. It doesn't curl up. Oh, because I, yes. I know that even from my retail days, you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. If, you, if you needed to use a receipt for some reason, you need to look at something and if it's all curling over itself and spinning back, it's just, like, just drive you nuts. And yep. I, again, I have to imagine in a kitchen environment where 
you literally need to be reading that on a regular basis. Oh, and it's you a need nightmare. To stay as flat yeah. as possible. Yep. That's a that's a huge piece of technology they have there. So yes. no, no, I because I can remember trying to read the little up under the. Uh, it's, it's a nightmare. You'd have to try to you know thin it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the older uh, impact printers not not ideal. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, listen for VARs that are interested in learning a little bit more about uh, how they can go to their customers mm-hmm. and maybe sell them on thermal and making mm-hmm. that transition. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Okay. But first, as always, I want to thank our Tech Connect sponsors and members. Uh, which Star Wars one? Thank yes. you so much for supporting our podcast. We Absolutely. appreciate the support you give us, our, our Tech Connect program, lending us folks like John to come on here and talk about these mm-hmm, topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, if you like the show, you know, let us know. Like, uh, you know, uh, people will sometimes, occasionally, you know, if I'm out somewhere, come up and tell oh, me. Oh, yeah, they'll say, podcast. hey, great job. And by occasionally, I mean when I'm at Vartech, you know. They, but what we really need them to do is to say that in the, right? I- exactly. We need you to tell us that in other ways. Like, yes. if you're listening on a podcaster that, you know, that has mm-hmm. an option for ratings and reviews, leave us a rating review. If you're an Apple podcast in particular, leave a five-star rating and review. Tell us what you think about the show, you know, what you like about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe to our channel, leave a comment. Yep. Seriously, it just takes a couple well, seconds. You just go down there and type in a comment, even if oh, it's just, we will hey, great you pod guys. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, that's fine, you know. Or if, you know, like, <laughs> hey, man, that John guy, he seems to know what he's talking about, you know, like not this one, the one, the one we're right. talking yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I probably don't. They, if they were leaving the comment for me, would be like, that John Martin doesn't seem like he knows any of what he's talking about. <laughs> You try doing a podcast on 60,000 different <laughs> topics a year. Um, man, I'm, I'm getting out some aggression here. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, if you have ideas for the show, things you want us mm-hmm. to talk about, topics, mm-hmm. we're, we're already starting to gear up for, for a new year soon. That's we're right. To, yep. We're yep. planning out our last episodes for this year. I'm already starting to think ahead to next year. Yep. What do we need to talk about? Yeah. What's on the what's I, I want to know. Here? What do you guys want mm-hmm. out of this this podcast? If you're listening on a regular basis, or maybe you listen to a few episodes here and there because they're not all quite to your mm-hmm. to your liking, tell us what you want. What topics do you want to hear about? What kind of guests do you want to hear from? What kind of technology do you want us to dive into? What trends do you want us to explore? We're happy to do that stuff, but you got to tell us. Uh, there's always going to be a link in the show notes to do that. Just submit your topic there. Just for sending in an idea, we will send you a Tech Connect podcast T-shirt. And if we use your idea, even better. Maybe we'll call you out and you know, right. ask you to, for some some questions in particular you want answered, and, mm-hmm. and help you help us guide our way through the episode. There you go. I'm not asking you to do the work for me, but right. you know, <laughs> give us a little direction at least. So fair enough. Uh, and as always, if you want to stay in touch with us and keep connected with us, you can always find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us TechConnect at BlueStarInc.com. All right, let's wrap things up here. First of all, with our value to the VAR and our mm-hmm. takeaway for our VARs today. So, John, I want you to help us out here. Um, how do you and Star advise VARs approach their existing customers or even brand new customers that they're just you know reaching out to them for the first time, or maybe a new restaurant, new hospitality environment that's opening up, to help them understand how to opt into thermal print for their operations? What is that conversation like? Maybe separate that in the two two stacks. There, what is what should they talk about to existing customers that are still on the impact and and are throwing out these objections and just don't think thermal is right for them. And then for new customers that are getting started up, they're trying to help out and make that pitch to thermal for them too. Yeah. Well, I think when we look about, when we look at the availability right, and the availability of dot matrix printers right now really led us to ask the question, why, why aren't we seeing thermal being more readily available in kitchens, you know, here in the United States. Um, And what I think first and foremost, the VARs have to understand the needs of their customers. When I came on board here at Star and I heard the myths, 
I knew there was an opportunity here, right? Restaurants, cafes, coffee shops, delis, bars, bakeries, juice bars, food trucks, and so on. What's the application that they need, you know, and are they open to new technologies? And I think almost all hospitality and restaurant businesses right now are they're using some sort of thermal self-service, you know, figuring out what your customers are doing for self-service. And, you know, if you're uncomfortable with the conversation, ask for star. We're always here for support, you know, whether myself, your account rep, you know, our integrations department, we're, we're always available uh, to engage in those conversations and, you know, to, to show the opportunities here for thermal in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think we, we tapped on it a little bit earlier in the sense that a lot of these software companies are going towards, you know, integrating with thermal. Mm. Uh, and, you know, it's just it's kind of the way of the where the industry is going. So you need to be a part of that, obviously, and have that talk track down uh, so that you can engage and have people in there. Secondarily, I would take a demo unit because it sells itself. Yeah. You just show yeah. that all you have to do is drop in new paper and boom, you're up and running. Yep. I mean, it's, yep. it's really nice to demo one of these. Uh, you know, compared to what they might have today, the whole ribbon thing yep. and the gumminess of of the impact and, and things of that nature, it just show how nice, clean, and easy and efficient uh, a thermal runs. Right, it'll right. sell itself in that yeah. environment. Yeah, so I agree. make sure you have a, a you know a demo in your pocket yep. as you're going in there. Yep, it's yep. a little bit of that consultative selling there again ah, of yes. understanding their environment. Mm -hmm. You know, again, if you've got a you know someone mm -hmm. like a John on your staff, yep. or if you can get John himself, sure. You know, yep. like anybody who's ever worked in a kit that kitchen environment. Is probably going to know some of the horror stories about what it's like yep. and what it is back of the house and, and demystify what, or demythify exactly. you know, so maybe they could go in there and yeah. have a conversation with you for and, sure and your customer about like well hey seriously what are you what are you dealing with right mm -hmm. now you know like what's your uh, isn't this a pain in the butt when that happens <laughs> you know like hey i see your printer over there it looks like you know it's yeah. it's this kind do you don't you hate it when xyz yeah. happens yeah, yeah. And to, to John's other point also, where you mentioned like the idea that front of house, there's a good chance that in front of the house in a lot of these establishments, they're already using thermal in some way, yeah. whether it's oh, part of their point of sale, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, whether they're doing some kind of maybe thermal labeling in some way, mm -hmm. you know, thermal print labeling. Yep. There's a good chance they're already using thermal somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can ma help make that connection and realize like, hey, you're already doing this here. Have you noticed how much smoother and easier that is? How much... Yep. Less money and time you waste on mm -hmm. changing things out and fixing it. And, you know, it's, you know, so why wouldn't you bring that to the back? And most likely at that point, that's when you start getting into, I would assume, into those like more of like the objection conversation that, yep. again, hopefully we've equipped you with overcoming those objections. For sure. Too. For sure. So. Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. John, anything else to add on that as far as, you know, going out and reaching out to customers? Well, you know, I think I think you said it best, you know, offer a demo unit, right? The the proof is is seeing it, right? Because again, these myths have have been around this industry for so long. Um, and and I hear the same objections, you know, coming up over and over again. And I think that here, you know, when when you work with it, when you see it, when you see the speed of of the of the print, um, I think it really working with it helps you overcome those objections. There you go. We didn't get into it, but you know the younger people that are usually working in hospitality. What do they want to work with? Yeah, this exactly. thing in the background is like that's a great point. If you can have a few of them on your side, or you know the ones, hold on, find out which one of those can influence a decision maker. <laughs> That can be like, hey, uh, yeah, you know this stuff we're using is just ancient, right? right. Come on, yeah. Like, get, yeah, with yeah, the, yeah, yeah. get with the times, Gramps. You know. <laughs> I'm assuming that's how they talk. Get that in a pizzeria, they paper. use the Italian accent, though. Get with the times, the grams. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, we've just lost all of our Italian listeners. Totally. I don't know if we have any, but we've probably yes, just like yeah. unsubscribed and just yeah, anyway. blocking us on all channels now. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's wrap things up with what's tech connecting with you. This is our favorite part of the show. Where we get to talk about anything Absolutely. we want from the world yep. of science, tech, yep. innovation, whatever's yep. got our attention right now. Mm-hmm. John, I'll let you kick off here. What's tech connecting with you right now? So I'm going to keep in in the food scene, uh, 3D printing in food. So I remember seeing this a couple of years ago, um, but with chocolate, and it totally made sense to me because chocolate is similar to like what's commonly 3D printed, where it can get soft and it can harden. And I remember seeing these like super intricate chocolate decorations, and I was really intrigued. And then it kind of moved into also like inkjet printing on coffee cream and beer foam and cookies and lasers capable of cutting and engraving food. But now I'm seeing total 3D robots where you like text the that you want a hamburger and they're like printing food, whether it's plant-based or alternative protein, but it's just, it's connecting with me right now. It awesome. is a little weird to see. We've talked about that a little bit on the on, on the show before, right? Like chicken nuggets yeah, that like, are yeah. like printed, yeah, 3D like the printed. Impossible nuggets and type stuff like that. Yeah, now, yeah. everybody who has a, a kid knows that when you go to the school, like, uh, you know, whatever, lunchroom, uh-huh. you can get chicken in just about any shape you oh, possible. Yeah. Pretzel, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 So, but 3D printing of food is a thing. It yeah. is. It is. It's a thing. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm fascinated by this too. Um, I worked in food service, like equipment industry before I came. Mm-hmm. to Blue Star. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we sold were like the molds for purees. Ah, so yes. like, and that's typically in like in hospice and, and mm-hmm. in healthcare environments where you might have patients that for one reason or another can't eat solid food or can't chew food very well. So, you know, they offered up these, these like puree molds where like you made, you know, you basically blend up some food yeah. and protein or whatever. Yep. And then you're just kind of dumping into a mold that sort of shapes it into what's supposed to look like normal food. Like this looks like a pork chop and it's, yes. you know, it's a pork chop puree <laughs> That's like with a little food coloring and, yeah. and a mold that makes it look like a pork chop as long as it's sitting static on the plate. But then as soon as you cut into it, it, it falls apart. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the myth gets dispelled really easily. Yeah, right. I would think 3D printing would be like the next iteration ah, of that where you can I see. Yeah, right. legitimate. Again, you know, it's it's that it's the presence and appearance thing. And we all know people eat with their eyes. Yep. And, you know, like yep. even though someone might be eating something they know is not the real deal food, mm-hmm. the fact that they can eat something and, and get it, get something put on their plate in front of them that tangibly at least looks close enough like it maybe even feels enough like it and i think that 3d printing for food is going to help us kind of get there to that point could be could be we'll see all right what's second with you right now uh, well, do you like China as a like a, a close neighbor? How how would you feel about that? Like like as a the, really as the country close neighbor to us? Yes. Um, yes. I mean, like like really close. But could be a little problematic if like I don't want them in my backyard. How about this word, Amasia? Does that does that word? It's a like new America word. plus Asia. Yes. Okay. Mm. So supercomputer simulations suggest that Earth's next supercontinent will be formed within oh. two hundred million years. Like literally next. Next door. Literally, as the Pacific Ocean closes, connecting Asia and North America and South America into a supercontinent. So, like so we're getting back to like Pangea days. Again. Yes. Yeah. So if you and I happen to be lucky enough to, you know, whatever, we find the fountain in youth and we're around 200 million years <laughs> right. from now. Uh, oh, that just sounds awful. It would be Amasia. <laughs> and, you know, like China would literally be like right, smashed right, right into right. us. Uh, anyway, I, I thought that was fascinating. You know, obviously with supercomputer simulations, you can see, but they're using right. the tectonic plates and, and how that. So apparently we're all going to be. We, so we better start so, getting along. So the continental drift hasn't changed. Yeah. No. Yeah. We better start getting along because we're all going to be like not just neighbors, but like really like, neighbors. Like really neighbors. Yeah. 
Man, that's going to kill some people with some beachfront property in California. You know? know, right? And I don't know what happens to Japan and all that. You know, um, smash. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it gets to just slip into the middle and not get squished up in there. So, all right. What's that's, tech connecting that's with you? Know. There you go. Uh, so, I was struggling today to figure out my tech connecting. And then, as I was like trying to type up some ideas, my little little uh, icon popped in the corner of my screen with uh-huh. a big G for Grammarly. Oh, yes, yes. So, I thought, you know, hey, I think I've mentioned this maybe briefly on the show, but I want to talk a little bit more about Grammarly. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a writer by nature. Uh, it's, I've been writing since I was very young. That's like my end with marketing was like, I just love to write. I've yep. always been you know fairly good at writing. But uh, you know, I, uh, when this idea of Grammarly came along, I think James Cordy introduced me to it and recommended, hey, you should sign up for this. And I'm like, really? And you were like, I like, don't need that. I don't need yes. some program telling me how to write. Come on. <laughs> well, I find myself using it a lot. Uh, and it's not and you like, sold me on and, it, and, and I use it a ton. There you go. And it's not so much that it's like out there, like you know, correcting everything I'm writing. Like I'm just botching stuff left and right. Right. One, it's helped me streamline my writing, which is I think ah. always good, especially if you're in marketing or you do yep. a lot of communications, a lot of emails. Yep. I'm a wordy person. Yep. Um, so if, cut if those words. You didn't notice, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the idea of being able to cut down, you know, on a message where it tells me like, "Hey, you can take these couple words out, mm-hmm. say the exact same thing with a few words less." Yes. Great for if you are trying to make some kind of word count, you know, yep. or keep things mm-hmm. brief, or you're trying to shorten up a message. So it's very helpful with that. It's helpful. I with think just, it's brilliant at that. It I've is. Used it a couple, it really I have the is. free version. Do you have a paid version? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I have the free version, and even the free version, it will. Yeah, because apparently I get a little wordy on some of my sentences, and it'll <laughs> completely rewrite it. Right, and right. I'm like, dang, that sounds a lot yeah. better. Usually, much you used more to concise. send that stuff to me to do it for you. Now, Grammarly can do it for you. <laughs> You've been automated, but I, but I still want my job, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you still got your job. No, but seriously, it's a great tool. It I'm, really you know. is. I'm I'm very impressed. And yes, to your point, there are free tiers. <laughs> the paid tier is not super expensive either. Mm. But like, you, you you get all kinds of nice tools and. Again, the idea is just if you're someone who writes on a semi-regular basis and you want a little more clarity and and just just well, simple just mistakes too. Emails. Like, yeah. It, yeah, it, just it, missing it, not missing the punctuation, uh-huh. not missing, you know, double the stuff yep. that like, you know, word check doesn't normally pick up like Maybe you didn't misspell a word, but you used the word twice back to back. Oh, absolutely. Words, you know, yeah. like you know, spell check sometimes doesn't doesn't yep. catch that stuff. Mm-hmm. This will catch that kind of stuff. Yeah, too. no, no, no. I don't know, John. If you have that issue, like where I find it catching me a lot is like missing those ghost words that you just you read into your sentence, yep. like a lot yep. of thes that I drop. Exactly. Uh, and I thought that it was in there, but it's not in there. Yep. So when you go back and reread it, it's like, oh, this sounds like terrible. Yeah, yeah. of course I need a the there or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yes. yeah, it's so a good tool. Hard recommend Grammarly if you do any kind of writing at all. It'd be very useful. So. Or if not, it just operates in the background. It's a pretty good one. That's yeah, a good exactly. technique. And, yeah. and by the way, if you're someone who does like shorthand stuff sometimes where you don't want it, Ooh. like if you're doing like a lot of social media stuff, oh, like gotcha. Twitter, like yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, places yeah, yeah. where you don't want it to judge every single thing you're writing, yep. you can turn it off of certain applications if you need to. Oh, so you okay. could decide like, all right, I don't want it for Twitter. this particular part of my email or, Got this, it. You know, or this place where I just make lists of stuff or whatever mm-hmm. and I don't need it to be yeah. perfectly, you know, grammatized and perfectly, <laughs> you know, a perfect punctuation or whatever. Like you can turn that off if you need to. Pretty so cool. It's not, Pretty cool. not that overbearing. Yep. So. Yep. All right. That's what's tech connecting with us today. John Mayelli from Star Micronics. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, appreciate having you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And until next time, uh, you know, um, check out your your word structure. Figure out what you're what yeah. you're writing about. Yeah. Well, you know, that way you can print less on your thermal printer that you're going to be selling. Oh man, look at you! That's this is why you're a pro. You just bring it right back to the conversation. Bring it around. There you go. Use Grammarly for your thermal printer. That's that's. <laughs>
We'll see if we can find some kind of integration for Star to put that in there. Bingo. And as always, folks, please stay connected. Technic Podcast is brought to you by Star. All right, now that we've convinced you of the merits of thermal printing in the kitchen, yes. let's go back to the front of the house for oh, a moment. Okay, in yeah, hospitality, retail, mm-hmm. basically anywhere transactions occur. Yep, yep. With Star Micronics MPOP, the industry's first hybrid POS solution combining a cash drawer and printer in one simplified and stylish system. So the MPOP is ready to integrate with the tablet of your choice, including Apple M5 certification for iOS devices on the POP 10CI model to charge and transfer data at the same time with the same USB-C cord. So you Very don't have nice. to go out of your way there. If you got an iPad uh-huh. in place, yeah, and you're you just want to go. have some of the cool you know, features of a cash drawer yeah. and a printer, yeah. bam. They're, have you they're, seen one of these things? Yeah, they're, they're pretty so, cool. They're so efficient. Yeah, they're efficient. They're smart. Small nice footprint. Small footprint, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Other features include connections for peripherals like a barcode scanner, two-inch drop-in thermal receipt printer, and a flat bill till, all in one small and sleek footprint. Boom. There it is. So check out the link in the show notes to learn more and see our unboxed video for the MPOP. 